Welcome everyone to the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, a Prairie Proud Wrestling Podcast covering everything from Winnipeg to worldwide. My name is Blair Pacheco. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day, evening, weekend, whenever it is you're sitting down to listen to this. Now, this week, I, I, I'll i be honest, when I reached out to my guest this week, uh, I wasn't expecting a response. I heard back from them and I could not be happier that they are joining me today to talk wrestling. So this week on the Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast, I am joined by none other than Cody Chun. Cody, how are you doing today? What's up, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. You know, it was one of those things, like like I said before, like I, I reached out to you, I heard back, and I was like, huh, awesome. So I was very stoked for it. So, I mean, I mean, you are coming off of a big win at for Prestige with the Cascadia Cup not too long ago, a few weeks back by the time this airs. And, I mean, that must have been a huge feeling coming out of that, the big victory after, like, a two-night tournament. Yeah. It, that two-night tournament was very stressful, and it was a lot of work. So I'm very happy and proud of it. I'm very proud that I, like, I don't know, just, like, before every match, I was just like – it's time to go. It's time, to, like it's time to fight. We got to do this, you know. So I'm very happy with the result. I'm very happy I came out on top, of course. But it, that was a very hard day too. Well, yeah, it's a two night tournament. First night was just the one match. So second yeah. night you're doing three matches, correct? Yeah. And I, I remember I texted the promoter, and uh, his name's William. I was like, William, is it, is it two matches day one, two matches night two? And he was like, no. <laughs> one night one three night two i was like oh damn so, whoever like i was like like trying to train and prepare for it just in case i did go all the way to the finals and it did happen so mm-hmm. luckily i like put the extra work in like when you think that okay you know you're getting involved in a tournament like this and you might have to do you know that extra cardio the extra reps in the ring how much yeah. of that weighs on you mentally when you're preparing for it a lot a lot and i feel like the mental health of a pro wrestler, like, it's tough. Like, we, especially with, like, an independent pro wrestler. Like, yeah. um, there's, we think about a lot of stuff every day. You know, we still got to hit the gym, still got to watch uh, other wrestling matches, like, kind of, like, watching film. Mm-hmm. And then, then it's like, now I'm thinking about the tournament. I'm thinking about, oh, maybe I could go all the way. Now I got to train harder for it. So it's just another thing to add out of, like, the 100 million things that goes on in, like, an indie wrestler's head every day. Yeah. And I think that's something people might not always think about, like, because I mean, you're, you know, you're working besides this, you have to go to the gym, you have to eat properly, Mm -hmm. you have to do your, your research for, you know, you know, going back, watching old matches. So it's not just like, you know, you go train and then, oh, you're going to wrestle a match. There's so much more. Yeah, there's so much more. And I feel like, you know, a lot of people don't see it, but um, I think like a lot of indie wrestlers, like myself, like I'm very open. So Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of people understand like okay it is pretty tough to be a wrestler like not even just the wrestling part just the thinking mental part i mean when it comes to wrestling how do you balance you know your wrestling life with you know like being able to have a social life still and still being able to spend time with friends and family Mm -hmm. i try not to let it like consume me so much because a lot of people like i'm a big basketball guy so a lot of people like uh talk about like mamba mentality since like kobe passed like Mm -hmm three years ago now and a lot of people are like trying to replicate that but it's like that was kobe was like once once in a lifetime type of person so i and i try not to like like really hang out myself over wrestling a lot because you know the uh, when i first started wrestling i was like you know missing birthdays and things like that and i was like okay with it because i was like it's part of the game Mm -hmm. you know it's part of the sacrifice but then like more and more time goes on i'm like you know for me it's wrestling but for them it's it's like Oh, Cody's not here on my birthday or Cody's not here at yeah. this because, you know, so it's kind of tough. So I kind of wanted to like find a good balance. And I think I have been finding a good balance of wrestling and like social life. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's start from the beginning. I mean, because you, you moved here when you were young, correct? Or you moved to the States when you were younger? Oh, no, no. I was born. I was born here. Okay. So you were yeah, born yeah. here. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just making sure. And now what was growing up like for, for little Cody? Um, I'd say like, I was a pretty like quiet kid. Um, yeah. I kind of like the way I say it now is I was like a 
introverted extrovert, like something like that. <laughs> it, don't, it don't make sense, but it's like I'm only like really talkative with like my people or like my yeah, like my team. That's how kind of I was at school. Like, you know, like in like those high school movies, they have like all the cliques that the kids are with, like the the music kids, the jocks, the like things like that. Yeah, like for me in school, I was kind of like just friends with everybody. Yeah, like, I knew everybody. Um, like. I was like, you know, Super Mario, like his stats are like all average. Like mm-hmm. that was just me in school. I was just like <laughs> talking to everybody and chilling, trying to stay out of trouble. <laughs> I was in the same boat growing up. Like I didn't really fit in. Like I was a chubby kid growing up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't really an athlete, but like I was still friends with all of them. You know, I wasn't yeah. huge into band or anything like that or music or drama. So it was like I, I, I had friends in all these different places, but I was just like, you know, just very average. So like I do yeah. get what you're saying. <laughs> So, I mean, when, like, when did you first start getting into wrestling? Like, you know, as a fan, what, what kind of really piqued your interest? Uh, I'd say my grandpa. Yeah. Um, Cause like, we always just had like, my, so my grandpa, my uncles, we all lived in like one big house originally when I was like one years old, mm-hmm. like it's a really huge house. And so they would just watch wrestling and record VHS tapes. And then once they, uh, once my grandpa moved out and like, they kept all the VHS tapes, tapes with me, and then they had cable. I didn't, so I just watched wrestling do VHS tapes like all the time since mm-hmm. I was little, and that's how I like knew about like the old like '90s where Attitude Era stuff was because of the VHS tapes <laughs> that are probably illegal, but <laughs> you know, it's funny how grandparents can have that effect on you because you yeah. know you. You have this VHS tape, nothing to watch. You'll throw that on, rewatch the same one mm-hmm. over and over. And I mean, it's almost second nature. You know exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. So it is It is kind of like sometimes I'll rewatch the same stuff like on the network that I used to watch a lot on my tapes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I kind of want to watch this on the tapes, but I don't think we have a VHS player no more. I feel like <laughs> those are going to come back in a style like. Well, it's only a matter of time. Yeah. They're going to start like selling it on like resale stores, VHS stuff. Like, you know how there's like bootleg t-shirt artists, like there'll be like people who make bootleg wrestling t-shirts, you know, yep. they'll drop 50 of them. There's, I've seen a guy who does bootleg VHS tapes of like <laughs> wrestling matches. He went and he made like a collection of like Eddie Kingston matches. He limited it to a certain amount, sold them all and donated all the money to like mental health. So it's like what? little things like that. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's like, they sold out instantly i saw it like two days late i missed out <laughs> i feel like i feel like a lot more wrestlers are gonna like i feel like somebody does have like a vhs like for merch like, i don't know who but i feel like i saw it on twitter yeah it's a solid choice some of the yeah. merch ideas that come out nowadays like people got some clever ideas yep definitely um so that's when you first sort of get into it who really stood out to you when you were watching back then back then for sure the hardys um, the Brock for sure, mm-hmm. and then like uh, RVD mm-hmm. um, was a good one because a lot of RVD matches back then I didn't know what it was called, but now we call it a fifty-fifty kind of like um, kind of made famous how like Osprey and Ricochet did that fifty-fifty in two thousand sixteen Super Juniors. So I kind of did the face-off after all the end of stuff. Yeah, but RVD used to do it a lot back in the day, mm-hmm. and I, I always thought it was like dope. And then I and then I found like his. ECW Jerry Lynn RVD matches and they did it like every single match. I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny how like Rob Van Dam was such an entry point for so many like wrestlers, wrestling fans, because like he was in a different level when he first started in the late night or when he was like popular in the late 90s. Yeah. And he he was like one of the only ones who really made a smooth transition from like ecw to like wwe like when they got bought out and all that stuff like mm-hmm. he just they threw him right on like right away and he fit right in right yeah away. yeah when you see so many people who would you know make the move they would falter not have the same momentum same you know like they would have the same support yeah as, you know because they weren't a homegrown wrestler so yep. van damme was able to make that transition seamlessly and i mean when you look at that time being a part of the uh, alliance and all that, yeah, and he was being part of like main events right off the bat. You were seeing him, Austin and Angle, doing matches. You know, and, mm-hmm. like, that was unheard yeah. of. Yeah, I, I like the um, oh one like 
invasion stuff because I had it on VHS. I was like, this is dope. And then, <laughs> and then when I get older and I read about it and people are like, I hated that stuff. You know, so and so. I was like, oh, I never knew because I never watched WCW, but like, um, we didn't have tapes of it. But, mm-hmm. but then I realized, I was like, wow, there's a handful of people missing from like a WCW invasion to, yeah. you know, but I didn't it, know that. I mean, yeah, at, like at the time when you're not as like stuff nowadays, you can go online, find out information about everything. But yeah. back then it was like, you know, you're watching and like, oh, these guys are, you know, coming over now. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, what about Goldberg? What about Ric Flair? You know? Like, yeah, exactly. And then like, I don't think Rey Mysterio even came right away. Like, no, nope. he came like a year later or something like that. Mm-hmm. And when he did make the deb- debut, it was a huge deal. Like he came yeah. in with such fandom. Like that was great. Yep, that was like on that was like the SmackDown Chavo match. I think was his first I, match. I, I can't think remember. So. But I but, yeah, I remember the entrance and everything. You know, like mm-hmm. it was a huge deal. Um. Now, I mean, you're a fan growing up. You're watching it. At what point are you sitting there thinking like, okay, this is something that you want to pursue? Mm, I think. Uh... Maybe around my senior year of high school. Yeah. And mostly I got frustrated with like the college process. I was like, there's just so many like stuff I got to fill out. I got to apply for financial aid. I got to pay to apply here. Like what type mm-hmm. of style? Like, um, I think I applied to a few places, but ultimately I told my counselor, high school counselor, I was like, I think I want to be a wrestler. And I was like, I told her, I was like, I'm searching like up schools. I can kind of look to, or I can kind of go to after it school graduates she kind of just like okay like are you sure i was like yeah i think so mm-hmm. and then like i like that summer i ended up getting like two jobs like one at a breakfast cafe in the morning that would end at like it'd be like seven to three or something like that and then i'd have to go close at like uh, the sporting goods store like four to eleven or something like so i just went from like or either that before I went to that that sporting job I had I worked at like Kohl's like a clothing store. Yeah. But yeah, so morning would be the breakfast place, and then I get off for like a little bit, just enough to drive to the ten minutes I got to get to my next shift at like the clothing store. Like I was just doing that in the summer, like saving up money, like trying to save up, mm-hmm. and just like trying to stack some money, and then hopefully find a school. You know. And what was the process like? Because you did go, you went to Buddy Wayne's school, correct? Yeah. Was there a lot of options there or was that like you kind of like heard about that one and you had your sights set on it? I kind of I kind of like I mean we always joked about it like when Buddy was live like the website it it's probably still up the old website but it was it was like up but it didn't have an update since like 2006. And it was <laughs> it was just like a picture of Buddy sweeping. <laughs> you know, so I didn't know if this was legit school. So my my first option was like I'll go down to OVW in like mm-hmm. Kentucky, I just like cross country road trip this, you know, uh, but that wasn't the case because uh, my friend, I also had a friend in school and he was really interesting. He doesn't train um, anymore, I don't think, but he went, he found Buddy Wayne's and he was like, can you, he didn't have a car. He's like, can you drive me up there? And then, uh, so I took him up there for his first week and I just like kicked it around the city. And then um, I also hit a buddy and I was like, hey, I'd like to start next week. And they're like, okay, perfect. So my friend went first and then I joined you know, the next week and I've been there ever since. That was like 2015. Yeah. And initially what were your thoughts, you know, first day of training? Like, like I'm sure it's a lot to take in, but how were you feeling heading into all of it? Um, I, I said, I think I was pretty nervous. I know mm-hmm. like, or ner- I wasn't nervous driving up, but when I walked into the garage and like, I, I sat down, I was talking to buddy. And then they were running drills and just hearing how loud the ring is when they're running the ropes, it kind of like, like scares you or shocks you a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, we're, we're here. <laughs> and I was like, all right, like, let's go. What's first, mm-hmm. you know? Then it's like learning how to do front rolls and back rolls. And then like you take a bump and then everybody asks you a hundred times, like, you okay? You okay? UK and you're like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, are you sure? You know, it's really easy to get hurt to get involved oh, yeah. or like doing anything on your first day around Cisco. It's really easy to get hurt. But, you know, we just kept doing it. And then we did like these handstand bumps. I did those for like 20 minutes, like at the end of class. 
Um, and that's when I was like, okay, like, I think I, I have, like, I can do this. Like, I listen enough, and I, I feel like I was athletic enough from, like, high school sports that I can, like, like kind of pick things up a little quick. Mm-hmm. But, like the, the next day were you definitely feeling it when it comes to soreness? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I was twisted up. Like <laughs> your neck is just like, it's just like stiff. Mm-hmm. Cause like when we have to tuck our chin, like your neck's just like stiff when you wake up and you can't really like turn. You're like doing this. <laughs> and I was like, well, like we're in it. And then eventually, you know, we went from once a week to like after the, the first month, it was like twice a week. And then it was almost, I pretty much went like twice to three times a week for like the first two years, first three mm-hmm. years. Like there was nothing else to do. It was either go to practice and then on my days I didn't have practice, I would work in the morning, work at night. Like, yeah. Same schedule. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you still have to find that work life balance because you still have to yeah. make money. So you got to do that on your days off, then, you know, train. So it's, it's a little bit of a juggling act when you first get started. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's a lot going on. And a lot of people didn't know I was wrestling either. So like, mm-hmm. I was just like disappear for a whole day. <laughs> what, did, what did your family say when you said that this was something you wanted to get involved with? Oh, they didn't know. Oh, really? Yeah. I just went, I just did it. Like, um, cause we're like, um, like Asian backgrounds kind of like go to school, go to college. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, I'm kind of doing the opposite, you know? <laughs> so like, I was like, it's better to just, um, in this situation, ask for forgiveness than permission. I was yeah. like, it's like, I'm about to do this. I'm going to go try it. Cause of course they would have been like, fuck no. But mm-hmm. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta try, you gotta do something, you know? Yeah. So that's what I did. I was like, fuck it. <laughs> How long after you were involved with training before you had mentioned it? If I'm being honest, like maybe like four years. Oh, really? Yeah. Holy shit. I was just like, I got I like, this is what I want to do. This is cool. Mm-hmm. You know? And then like, um, mostly people found out cause like I started getting tagged on Instagram. Okay. And like, that's why like, you know, like you tag photos or show like me in a wrestling ring. Like what the fuck? What are you doing this weekend? You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the- uh- well, I mean, that's one of the things, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse with social media is that, you know, as soon yeah. as you get out there, it's the world can see it. So, I mean, yep. whether you want to keep it a secret or not, it's there. So that's true. So, and then eventually like family found out and it's kind of just like, are you going to go wrestle again? Like every weekend, <laughs> my parents are like, you're going again? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to the airport right now. <laughs> <laughs> Have they been able to watch you at least? No, I feel like no. they're. Um, it's too like, uh, you know, when you watch like your friend, you kind of worried for them. You're like, oh, don't yeah. get hurt. You know, I think it's like too much for them. But, like mm-hmm. my grandpa is my uncle's have came. Okay, you know, they think it's fun. That's all right. I mean, yeah. like it, for them, it's probably a kick, you know, because they introduced you to it. They're watching yeah, it with yeah. you and then now they see you out there. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like them seeing you out there, like that brings them that extra little bit of joy. Mm-hmm. At first, my grandpa was like, you got to stop. But then, then I took him to the show and then he was like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> uh, how long after training before your first match? Um. So my first match was a 10-man tag with, like, pretty much all of our, like, whole class. And Buddy mm-hmm. was in it, too. And then Nick Wayne was the ref. Okay. He was, like, six or seven years old or something like that. Really young. Maybe younger. And this was about maybe f- three or four months into my training. I got okay. through it. Um, which is pretty pretty quick for our school. Because, like... But even like I didn't really get consistently matches until like maybe a year into training. But like that was my first match was February of 2016, and I started October 2018. Okay, and was that just in the academy, or there was fans there too? Um, there, there was fans. It was at like okay. a I think it was it was called SCW. It was over the river in um here in Washington. We got to take the ferry. Okay. It was like a long day, but like we were like the pre pre show match, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, 
it was like us 10 and i was just like we're the pre-show um okay like cool yeah. we do the match and then we go we go eat like <laughs> you know so i like that i was like we're on first i was like perfect this is great i mean from your initial class is there still a lot of people wrestling from there or are you the only one um yeah we still have a lot of us wrestling yeah. and okay I, and a lot of us a lot of them did like kind of slow down or stop after he passed away mm-hmm. um but there's still a lot of us that are like from like like my young days in the in the dojo (laughs) well i i mean like buddy he he had such an impact on so many people's lives and i think you see Mm -hmm. you hear a little bit more about it now with nick you know elevating up to AEW. and so i mean for yourself what did that relationship mean to you it it was a good relationship we had like he, he was really tough on us I feel like he was especially a lot t- tough on me. Um, and he was really tough on me about like hitting the gym because he was like, you can wrestle, but you but you look so small. And I'm like, I know, <laughs> I'm trying. But it's like I, I'm very happy I had a good relationship with him because, like, again, like two, three days a week we were going hard and, like, the drills were hard and then, like, the critiques were even harder, mm-hmm. you know. And I feel like back then when I was younger, we had a lot of, like uh, – week-long camps or you know weekend seminars that would take place and he would and he would be like all right um i think you guys should go and like just go get a taste of ice cream different different tastes of ice cream out there and Mm -hmm. see how it is and then like now that's slowly starting to come back um but i feel i feel like not enough but it was like a good experience and he was like always on the lookout for things like that and seeing Mm -hmm. where he can send us and then he would hit up like promoters like hey these are uh, these are my students. I think they're ready. Do you, can you make? Uh, can you give them a spot on your show for a match? Mm-hmm. And then, like things like that would happen. But then he wouldn't. He wouldn't give you that um, if he didn't like put the work in, or if he didn't like fix what was wrong. Yeah, you, so, you had to earn it almost. Yeah, you definitely had to earn it. Yeah, and it was it was a lot of work. But like there's days I was just like, I'm trying. I'm about to go home. Like fuck this, mm-hmm. you know. But then like. I got to be back here tomorrow anyways. <laughs> so, Yeah. It, there has to be those days where it's just mentally draining on you, physically draining where you yeah. want to give up, but like you're, you're committed to it already. You know, you've already invested this time and work that you stick with it. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure you're thankful that you did. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely thankful for like those times. Cause like, man, those, those times like really set you up for like situations today, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just like, it really is a test. Like how hard can you get pushed? And like, do you like crumple or do you like respond from it? Mm-hmm. And I feel like, like I have like this weird thing. Like when I'm like wrestling, I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, or it's okay if I make a mistake. Like I'll tell myself that. And I'm like, why the fuck would I think like that? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, like that's the pressure like telling me like you'll be all right like just be easy with yourself but it's like no like this that's the same energy i gotta flip and be like i gotta turn this up yeah and that's i feel like those situations back in the past like really helped me prepare for like today Mm -hmm. i mean with buddy was there any piece of advice that he really gave that he gave to you that really stood out um a big one he always talked about was like the road will own you and he and like you it's kind of like you don't really know what you're gonna get hit with mm-hmm. and like this business is fucking hard and then once you really get on the road and like you're on these tours or you're on these dates like that's when it'll really like break you down yeah and then another one was like you learn how to uh wrestle when you're hurt um because he said like a lot back then they would wrestle like five days a week and like if you got hurt and it means you're not wrestling and you're not making money Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember I had like this big, I had like a pretty bad, like thigh injury. I wouldn't want to say it's like a pulled muscle or anything. Cause I don't know. I never went to the doctor, <laughs> but I couldn't walk right for like almost a month and a half because my left quad, but I still had matches. And then I just found ways to like work around my leg mm-hmm. to where like, you couldn't even tell if like the, my leg was tweaking or not. You know, so I I really like that too. Like you learn how to work when you're hurt. I like that. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's uh, almost like getting past, like, you know you're hurt, but, like, you, you block that out mentally and you can kind of get past that and, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, work around it. Yeah. yeah. And I was at a point where I was like, I need the experience of these matches, so I'd, like, i got to push through with this and see. And, again, it's like a mental test. Like, how do I react? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you've wrestled throughout, you know, up BC, the, the Pacific Northwest. You've really made a name for yourself there, wrestling singles and as a tag team. And I mean, I know you were part of C4, you and uh, Guillermo Rosas. And I mean, how did you two come together to team up? Um, basically, because um, we trained up in like uh, the northern part of Washington area. And then in Seattle, they had a there's another Lucha school, Lucha Libre Volcanica. They okay. still kind of run classes around here too, and then um, Buddy, he, he was a big fan of Lucha Libre, so he would take a few of us, and he would he would tell us like, um, if you guys are open on Sundays, you should go to Lucha practice, and like so they would go, uh, some of us would go, and like Buddy would just go and watch because he liked Lucha a lot, mm-hmm. so you know he just we started connecting with a lot of the Lucha students, and then Guillermo was already training with Lucha, maybe like two or three months. And then he met he met Buddy, and then Buddy was like, "If you want to learn the American style, come to our school." So Guillermo eventually came up to our school, and then from there we start. Guillermo started training with us, and then uh, Guillermo was like part of the the class. And then we did prestige. We did the New Japan uh, tryout week, mm-hmm. and that's where Clark Connors got picked up because him and I were originally a tag team. Okay, and then once he got picked up, he let Prestige know like, "Hey, I." You know, we're going to go move to L.A. to be a young lion. And then, you know, what William asked me, he's like, what should we do? I was like, I had like a longer storyline, like in my head about like finding a replacement tag team partner, um, things like that. But then uh, he was just like, what about why don't we just have Guillermo join C4, you know? And I was like, oh, let's do it, you know, because mm-hmm. we, tra- we already train together. So we see each other like two times, three times a week. And then now if you had a fourth day because the um the show's on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So like we, we knew each other like that. So ever since me and Guillermo wrestled in like 2018, the singles match at Prestige, and then from there we were you know, C four. And then they're like, What about the name? You know, cause C four was like Clark Connors, Cody Chun. Yeah. And then we were just like or Guillermo Guillermo was like, fuck it, just keep it C four, like who cares? Yeah. So, you know, like, it's kind of hard to think of a, like a tag name, especially that's like for wrestling because you got to, you know, you want it to be like Channable, you want it to be like mm-hmm. catchy or something. But so we're just like, fuck it, C4. <laughs> what was that New Japan tryout like? <sighs> <laughs> so that was 2017, I think. And it was like, mm-hmm. they just announced like they're doing the LA Dojo. And then like, it was like week one, week two like two sessions you know five days a week i was like holy shit um i didn't know they were going to be picking people for like you know young line stuff i didn't know i thought they were just mm-hmm. it was just gonna be like a week-long seminar so we went down me connor guillermo cash and our boy named robert um the five of us we went down to carson and it was like first day you know we say hi to rocky What's up, Rocky? You know, um, uh, Sibadasan is there too. Like, and he, he don't really, um, he don't, he don't really speak English. Like, mm-hmm. so he's just, he does like, he's like very simple word. It's very simple. Like, he he'd be like, no good, or like go again, like shit like that. Like yeah. he wouldn't even, he wouldn't say that, nothing else. And we just doing squats and pushups and shit. But the first thing we do after we say hi to everybody is like, all right, line up around the ring. Then it was just like, um, uh, you you lead first, and you hit ten squats, mm-hmm. and you hit ten squats, and you hit ten squats. And I was like, I was like counting. I was like, okay, I'm like the twenty fifth guy, like so I, I'm gonna just wait like what five minutes, and then and they're like, no, everybody's doing squats, but he's he's gonna be in charge of counting for the first ten. I was like, what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> So like we would squat. So someone would say one. Someone would count, and in between counting, you have to say you have to yell yes mm-hmm. in Japanese, which is just high, like H A I. So like one, high, two, high, three, like it's like five hundred reps. Then it was no fucking joke. Like oh, and then 
we did that. We did the squats, which were killer as the first thing to like to do when you walk in. Yeah. And then it changed from squats. Everyone just get down on the floor, do 20 line push-ups. And it was, it was the same thing. Like everybody. So that was like another like 500 push-ups or something. And I was just, I'm exhausted just hearing about this. <laughs> like, dude, like in between push-ups or squats, like I would just look at Guillermo or Cash, and they would just be like, like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's day one. Like, and then like after we go home, we're just like in the hotel room, just like, uh, there, there's a motel six like right next to the dojo, like mm-hmm. a ten minute walk. Everybody's just in the hotel room, like just quiet. And then I just look in the hallway, and then like the the line to get ice is just like all the other wrestlers are there too, like getting ice for the machine. I'm like, bro, this is no joke. Mm-hmm. Like it was like first two three hours was like strength and conditioning, lunch break, and then in ring. And the mm-hmm. in ring was like was like um, intense, like really intense. You know, they had mm-hmm. three rings, so it was like Scorpio Sky, Rocky, and Shibata San, like. You know, you kept moving between the rings. You kept doing the drills. And then, like, we go back on – it was, like, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays was, like, the squats and push-ups day. And then Tuesdays and Thursdays was, like, the circuit day. Mm-hmm. So they had, like, 20, like, stations. And, like, you, you would do this, you know, whatever it is for, like, 30 seconds or a minute. Like, jump rope for a minute. And then you have 10 seconds. Um to get to your next station like after the minute ends but you have to run you have to sprint there you know so you sprint there and then like you get ready one of them was like bench pressing for like a full minute and uh i was like i can't i can't fucking bench press 25 <laughs> like 225 yeah i was like what the fuck or like you know just hard shit like one was yeah. like a handstand one was spider crawls or like um, bicycles or like a push up into like a row with the dumbbell. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit. I was like, this shit is, was intense, you know. And then at the uh, at, on the Friday of it, we had like matches. So they paired us off in all the matches. And then we had matches that day for like the press and all that stuff. And then, like, after all that, like, um, Shibata san really liked Connor and he took down his information. And then, and then, like, a month later, they had another tryout, mm-hmm. or not like another seminar, which was like all the people Shibata handpicked to be like, okay, these are the potential like um, short lists of who we're gonna take. Yeah, you know, and I, I don't think I think most of them knew, but then, um, like they only ended up with like four four people. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Jesus, and so that was I was like 20, 21, yeah. like. That was like my real like wake up call. Like, okay, you really got to step your shit up if you want to be part of like something bigger than this, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, did you feel like that really kicked your next you know training sessions into gear and really got you focused yeah. on it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. For like when we came back after that week, we came back for a week. Um, yeah, it was a week in Cali. When we came back, we had practice and we went hard. Like. For a while, for like the next month, we kind of like next month or two, we kind of like incorporated like what we learned into like our routine at practice, and then um, but we did we did also take a break and go to WrestleMania and like New Orleans, <laughs> you know, yeah, that was that was kind of like the big celebration, like the same five that went to LA and busted their ass doing the, all the squats and shit. Mm-hmm. We also just like went to New Orleans two weeks later to go celebrate like on Bourbon Street. But I was like, damn, like this was hard. But it was a wake up call, definitely for sure. And I tell, so I try to tell people like now in my class or like, you know, like my classmates and all that, like if there's seminars or things like that, we got to go. Like we mm-hmm. got to get this taste of other stuff. It's, mm-hmm. It's just a wake up call and it's brutal. I mean, the the pandemic came and it, it hit everyone, you know, everyone was dealing with it. Wrestling shows stopped that first year pretty much. And I mean, I was looking at your match list and you went a solid, you know, almost like seven months with no matches. Like your last show, I think might've been a a defy show. And then the next one you're working is at dark, AEW dark. Yeah. 
what like is was that like because i mean to go from not working any shows to this incredible opportunity doing a dark match there i mean that's that's pretty big yeah definitely was like that pandemic was brutal because like yeah i just had my match against like jeff cobb at defy then i was told i was gonna like uh, the next show you're gonna wrestle MVP, and I was like, "Oh, perfect!" Like right before he goes back to WWE, I get mm-hmm. to be one of his last matches. And then like pandemic hits, and then you know work is ordering uh, DoorDash every day, mm-hmm. and we have like a thirty dollar limit per person. And I'm like, I'm gonna use all thirty of this dollars to get <laughs> you know. And then I, I'm like, oh man, I get like really out of shape. So, like, when I got asked to do Dark, I was like, oh, fuck. I got to get ready. So, I, like, um, will try to get, like, private ring time and just do, like, drills by myself. Or, like, just try to replicate stuff. Like, I'll start doing burpees out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) There's, like, nothing. I swear, there's, like, nothing you can do that can replicate in-ring wrestling for cardio. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to be a basketball player, you go hoop or something, you know? Go get some runs in. There's, like, nothing like that for wrestling. And, like, burpees are pretty close. Cause there's a lot of down and up in wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, I was just doing burpees and stuff like that. But then like, I feel like I really, I wish I got, I wasn't even more better shape. I wasn't even in that great of a shape when I did those two dark matches, but I got to wrestle like Ricky Starks when I won. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh man, that was fun. Like, yeah, that was fun. And I, that's like a match. I really want to like have again. It's like Ricky Starks. Cause now he's, he's a damn star, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was just like, one of his matches but like it was just so fun like um more wrestling him that week that day i was like this is awesome and we were like the first match mm-hmm. i was like perfect and i can just like kind of chill the rest of the night what kind of feedback did you get from the people there after your matches i feel like um i feel like for like dark matches you kind of don't get a lot of feedback no okay you, you kind of they kind of just hit you with the you know like yeah it really it's it's really just one of those like okay as long as it's like no one got hurt or no one got messed up and like everything went smooth then that's good enough um but most of the time it's kind of just like yeah it was good man it was good good." you know it's just one of those like unless someone really pulls you aside and like breaks it down Mm -hmm. but you know haven't really had anything like that but you know it's like everyone was like happy with the match no one got hurt so i was like okay you know, at least I got the bare minimum. I was like, cool. Well, at the time too, it's not like, I mean, there it, promotions really aren't running a lot. So yeah, a lot of people aren't working, you know, but to be able to get that opportunity when there's a whole country's worth of wrestlers it, stuck there, you know, so like yeah. all chomping at the bit. So that's a pretty big kudos. Yeah. It was, I, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool that AEW does stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause like they can easily not do stuff like that and not include anyone from the Indies at all. But like they do. And I feel like it's, it's a good thing. Um, even though the matches might not be long, but mm-hmm. some, some of them are, you know, um, but it's a good, definitely a good look. And it's definitely like, you kind of like in the, in those like five, six minutes you're in the ring, you kind of get a glimpse of like, okay, this is what TV wrestling is going to be like. The referees, yeah. the referees constantly talking to you. The cameraman might say something to you. You know, the, the sound guy might say, I'm like, what, the f- what do you mean stand right here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm like, what? But, you know, it was, it was a good experience, and I'm I'm happy I did it. And I feel mm-hmm. like I was one of the first ones from, like, my Pacific Northwest area to go. Mm-hmm. And I didn't tell nobody because I have a bad – I don't say bad habit. I have a good habit. I just like surprises, especially mm-hmm. in wrestling. Like, they'll say, like – I'll use WWE, for example. They'll be like – JR is going to be inducted to the Hall of Fame. But like back then when I was watching Raw, it would be like, and here we go. We will announce the new inductee to the Hall of Fame. And it would be like a promo video. Yeah. You know? Then at the end, it would be like, oh, JR's in. But now they just tweet it. And then we have to wait like eight hours and then see it on Raw. Yeah. So like I really like surprises. And I guess I get I guess why they do it. So people tune in and get the mm-hmm. things up. But I like surprises. So like when they drop the graphic or um for AEW, like my i didn't know my phone just started blowing up you know mm. and then i was like oh they announced it yeah yeah that, 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 <laughs> you know people yeah. are like why didn't you tell me i'm like well like you know just relax and have fun <laughs> yeah, it's more fun this way you know you get to see their yeah. reactions like 
just out of nowhere that tonight you're going to be on TV. Yeah, exactly. And so I like I like surprises, and then um, it's just more fun in wrestling. Like even like for match finishes of mm-hmm. like my friends' matches or things like that. Like I don't want to know. Like let me watch. Let me yeah. watch and enjoy it, and like lose myself in the moment because that's mm-hmm. wrestling. You know, I hate when like. Um, like I'll I'll see like a match announced for AEW. I'm like, oh yep, I'm gonna watch that. Yeah. And then like maybe 20 minutes later, I'll see like a like a spoiler who won the match. I'm like, ah, oh. now like when I watch the match, I kind of won't be as lost as I could have been. You know, it, it does affect your viewing habits. I mean, yeah. If there, you know, like if there's a great match, you know, say, you know, the G one's going on and yes. you know, okay. So, you know, like Eddie Kingston and Shingo, I know that they had a great match, you know, I know mm-hmm. who won. So like when I go back to watch, like I'm, I already have expectations that it's going to be great and I already know Eddie's winning. So it's like, now you're watching for all of that instead of just enjoying the match. Yeah. And then like, I, I guess it's like real quick, a situation where that kind of flipped on me was AEW just did a two out of three falls with, FTR and Juice and Jay for the, mm-hmm. for the titles, and I so I knew FTR was gonna win at the end because I, I got spoiled. Yeah, but like I didn't know how, and eventually I watched the match, and then I realized I was like, oh shit, this match I'm going for an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, oh damn, okay, these guys got me lost. You know, mm-hmm. like that's what I wanted. You know, yeah. But then like once it once it started getting close to the end, I was like. Mm, it's about to come. The ending's about. I can feel it coming, like right here, you mm-hmm. know. And then, like, oh, oh FDR won. Like, just you know, just how I saw it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> well, because it's like same thing. Like, I knew who won going into it, but I'm watching, and yeah. they had like that one. It was the powerplex spot where they went for that, and Ooh. then you know, Juice came off the other turnbuckle yep. instead. And I'm watching this. And I'm like, this is incredible, you know. Like, so you're expecting something big to happen there, and then they kick out, and they keep going, and I'm like, yeah, they like even knowing the winners like it still managed to like suck me right into it yep like that was oh man that is a good fucking t- that's like one of those tag matches where or even um they had they had one last week mm-hmm. um ftr and jay and juice and i was watching it and i was like fuck like i got mad watching it because i was like this this is the level these guys are on that is a fucking high level to get to mm-hmm. like, i want to get to that level you know and then they top it off with a and you know, a same tag match next week with two out of three falls. I was like, "Fuck, these guys are good." Yeah, you know, no, we're living in a, an incredible time when it comes to like yeah. being able to watch all these great matches. Um, now, at the time of recording, it's you know July seventeenth. Airing is going to be beginning of August. Now, do you know what happened a year ago today? One of your matches. One of my matches a year ago today, July 17th. July 17th. Let me think. No, if I check my match notes history, I might. <laughs> you you faced off with Eddie Kingston. Oh, yes. Now, <sighs> when you look from July 17th last year to July 17th this year, you have been all over Defy, AEW, New Japan, Ring of Honor, a multitude of promotions in the Pacific Northwest. Like you have absolutely been crushing it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That it's been, it's been a crazy ride. Like Mm -hmm. I kind of, I do have to like, I used to not be able to watch my matches back, but now like, I love watching my matches back. I think it's so funny, you know, like, and I, I want to watch my matches back. I'm like, I don't see it as myself. I see it as like a wrestler. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that that's just another wrestler to me. But in a year, like, that Eddie Kingston match was so fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and like, after the match, like, he just comes backstage. He's like, where is he? Where is he? And I was, like, downstairs, and I was, like, like, <laughs> <get> up. <laughs> I was, like, what the? Why is he yelling? He's like, where is he? Where is he? And then he sees me. He comes up to me. He shakes my hand. He's like, that's fucking wrestling. He's like, you know how to listen. You know, like that's fucking wrestling right there. Mm-hmm. He was like, God damn, man. And I was like, what? For real? Like, I was like, everything good? He's like, yeah. He's like, that's fucking wrestling right there. I was like, holy shit. Like, that was, you know, that's like in the kind of props right there that kind of is like, I'll run a mile right now. I'll yeah. run time up, you know? Like, that's the kind of like motivation you get from that. I was like, oh shit. 
what's up now like and eddie like he's very like open about how he feels about people so mm-hmm. um but like every time i do dark or i'm backstage at ring of honor or like the new japan shows he'll he'll come up to me and say hi and like ask me how i'm doing that's and awesome. i'm like oh like that's great like you know he's he's a great guy yeah he, he definitely don't have to he can definitely he can definitely just be like fuck off to people you know mm-hmm. but he, like he remembers me because of that match um and like he said it was like it was like really fun for him and i was like that match originally wasn't supposed to happen okay um originally i think it was supposed to be me and Takeshita at defy but then like plans change and they're like we're gonna have you wrestle kingston instead i was like ain't no problem like mm-hmm. i'm down for both i'm down for making a triple threat Make, you yeah. know so like um that match with eddie kingston was definitely a great one mm-hmm I think that's really a testament to yourself and what you've been able to do when you hear from someone like Eddie Kingston, that's wrestling, you know, mm-hmm. like, cause he's someone who's very respected, very like people, you know, they trust the word of Eddie Kingston. You yeah. know, he, he says it like it is. So, I mean, to hear that from him, that's, yeah. that's huge. Yeah. And, and pretty much like his whole reign, like since he came to AEW and like, man, he's, he's been a top AEW player for them like mm-hmm. for sure and like he's one to watch like he's like must watch when he when he comes on tv yeah 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 whether it's promos matches i mean yeah. he's someone i go out of my way to watch now so yeah um i mean besides eddie you've been in like some massive matches like any others that really stand out to you um i would say like off the top of my head from from what i can remember like the match earlier this year i had with nick wayne at defy Mm-hmm. that year six that one was like a big big like um here's your nxt takeover you know main event kind of match yeah you know like we had a lot of like and i say nxt takeover because like a lot of us like uh independent wrestlers don't really have that chance to get like that main event storyline emotional driven match you know um so that was kind of like one one of the first ones that definitely felt like it and then there was a lot of hype riding into it because we we're like tra- training partners. You know, his dad trained me and we've known each other for like eight years now. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot like pressure riding in that match. And that was the first time I was really like, Ooh, fuck this. The match tonight is going to be crazy. I remember like driving to the show and like, like driving like this, like white knuckling uh, almost. And yeah. Like, know, yeah, I was like drinking hell of water, like, you know, stressing over traffic, even though the show is not until like 8 PM or something like two o'clock on trying to, <laughs> you know, like shit like that. I'm like, I was just like stressing about it all day. And mm-hmm. then like, once it happened and once the match finished, I was like, yeah, like that was it. Like the pressure like lifted off, but it felt good. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of one of those matches where like, I'm ha- I don't want this shit to end. You know, mm-hmm. like but we're just we're just going and flowing, and it feels great. And then once once you finish, you're like, why why was I tripping so hard earlier? You know, <laughs> it's like one of those. Yeah, all the worrying and all the doubt and anything like that is you. You're like, I shouldn't have even second guessed it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, now I mean. I like to ask all of my guests for a match recommendation. So like one that you are a big fan of, whether it's, you know, a major promotion, uh, an indie, just one that you think that the listeners should go check out. Like of mine or of like of any, of any match of any match. Um, one of my personal favorites, it's only like six, seven minutes. It's like 1999 triple H versus talk of It is fucking crazy. dude. Like, (laughs) Triple H is bumping his ass off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's for like, it's a title match too. WWF title match. And like Taka in the WWF, like he was just a mid card guy or like low card guy. Like they didn't really treat him like how he, he could have been, you know? Yeah. But then when like Triple H went at it with him, like I was like, what? This was like a star making performance. Mm-hmm. He was doing everything. Like the APA came out and like everything was going off the charts. Like I was like, this is a match. It was only like six minutes. Mm-hmm. It was insane. I watched that like a lot when I'm bored. <laughs> I'm totally going to queue that up this week because like I remember it, but I haven't watched it in years. It is so great. I love that. Um, For August, what do you have for shows where the listeners can check you out? 
I think in August, let me double check just to make sure, but I will have, I know I'll be on Defy Wrestling for sure. Mm -hmm. Just to make it the dates right. Yep. Yep. So on August 12th, there will be a Defy show. Uh, which or I'll be there. So Seattle, Washington. And then two weeks after that, there'll be another Defy show in Seattle, Washington. But then mostly, like, uh, that's the only two I have in August. So that's a lot of downtime. So that means, like, a lot of, like, uh, match studying going up, working mm -hmm. out going up, trying to eat right going up. And, like, that's, like, a lot of time for, like, social life, too. Mm -hmm. So I can try to get that balance in right there before I have to go on the thing. But there is, on the first weekend of uh, August... There is a Dr. Tom Pritchard seminar okay. in New Hampshire, and I already applied to, for it. And then now I just got to get there. I don't know if I'll <laughs> get on a, a flight or a train, but like Dr. Tom is like, he's trained almost everybody there is to yep. train. And he has like one of the best schools and he has a lot of drills. And I read most of his books, not most of his books. I, I skimmed through his, his books <laughs> <laughs> when I, when I was at the nightmare factory in Atlanta and then, mm -hmm. um, so when I saw it got announced, I was like, I got to go to this. So even though it's only like a two-day weekend seminar thing, I'm treating it like it's a show. Yeah. It's no, like I, I got to be on my best behavior, like, you know, present myself in the best way I can just to, and get like, get true, honest advice from him. Yeah. No, 100%. Um, for those listening, if they're not already following you on social media, where can they find you? On uh, my Twitter and Instagram and YouTube, but I don't really post a lot, but you know, it's kind of hard, but um, it's all going to be classic Chun. So just classic. And then my last name is C H H U N. Perfect. Cody. Thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very thankful to be on. Thank you so much to Cody for joining me here on the Green Maker Wrestling Podcast. Definitely shoot him a follow on his social media and watch for him. Those Defy shows, they're up for streaming almost, a, I think, the next day or a few days afterwards. So definitely check him out. Thanks to him. And thank you for checking out the podcast. I say it every time and I always say it. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to me talk about wrestling. If it's your first time listening, you can find me up on Twitter at Pod. All other social medias, Grainmaker Wrestling Podcast. And you can find me every Saturday with my good friend Pluggo doing four exposure on Love Wrestling. So definitely check that out. We take a look at the world of independent wrestling. It's a lot of fun. It's a great time. Check it out. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. We'll talk soon.